0: This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are live in the dining room of the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island during the Mackinac Policy Conference, the annual chance for business and political leaders to get away from Southeast Michigan or wherever they're from, come change the scenery, and maybe think differently about the challenges that we face here in the state of Michigan. There's one name that's coming up in a lot of conversations on Mackinac Island this week. As a potential Democratic candidate for governor next year, it's a name you may be familiar with, but not necessarily from politics. The name is Mark Bernstein. He is son of regionally renowned law firm founder Sam Bernstein, brother of Michigan Supreme Court Justice Richard Bernstein, and president and managing partner of the Sam Bernstein Law Firms. Mark Bernstein is also a University of Michigan Board of Regents. And he is a graduate, of course, of the University of Michigan, somebody that I knew when I was a student at the university. Mark Bernstein joins me now on Detroit Today. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: It's great to be here, Steve, thank you.
0: It's weird to have you on this show. I don't know why that's true. You know, you're someone I've known for a long time, and I don't know, you think back to the late 1980s, early 90s on the University of Michigan campus, did either of us think this is what we would be
1: doing. Uh, maybe you were going to be here. I don't know about me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This I was not a sure surprise. what we would be doing. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> I know. It is good to see you here, though. Uh, let's talk about this whole idea yeah. of running for governor. Yeah. Where does that come from and how serious are you about so it?
1: So when I, when I think about it, I think about um, uh, a conversation that I had a few years ago that I've been reflecting on a lot lately. When I was running for region, I was at a union hall four or five years ago, five years ago. And I started my talk by asking the the folks in the room, you know, who here's a Democrat? And a few people would raise their hand. Then I would say, who here's a Republican? And a few people would raise their hand. And then there's this this big guy in the back (laughs) with arms crossed, skeptical. And he he raised his hand and he said, you know, do you want to ask me what I am? And I said, please, sir. Yes, I do, I want to know. And he said, I'm a pedestrian and I'm sick of getting run over. (laughs) And I think about that that person, that man, that per- his family, all the time in this environment right now, and there are a lot of people who are sick and tired of getting run over, and that's a man and a family that feel
0: like they're being run over like all it, the time, and they
1: are, and they're being left behind, and uh, and they're doing everything that they were told to do by Lansing, by Washington, and uh, you know they were told if you work hard you play by the rules, you can get ahead. And that's exactly what they've done. They've worked hard, they've played by the rules, and they're just falling behind. Right. And the same thing is happening to our state right now. This state is falling behind. Um, you know, in 2000, we were at 2% below the n- average national household income. We're basically the Detroit Tigers, right. Two, right. A, a game below 500 <laughs> roughly. <laughs> And now we're 12% below the national average in household income. We're 12 games below 500. We're going in the wrong direction. 400,000 jobs have left this state. No state has lost more than this state. And so we are in the middle right now of this transformation in our economy. And we have to get ahead of this. We have to align our policies that way. We have to talk to our uh, policymakers and legislators need to think about these issues this way. We have to acknowledge that this is not a simple cyclic, cyclical situation. This is a ch- structural situation that requires significant policy change. Um, you know, nothing uh, in my opinion exemplifies that then, you know, we've lost 400,000 jobs. We have the, the Rouge plant as an example, a hundred years ago, roughly right. it was built in 1917 and right. started r- operating a few years after that. Mm-hmm. A hundred thousand people work there. Today, there's 6,000 workers there, and they're making more cars. Yeah, right. 94,000 people less are making more cars. Nothing says more about what's happening in our economy than that fact. Yeah. And we need to acknowledge that as, as, a, as, as policymakers and as a state, and Lansing just hasn't done that. And we have to stop lying to people and telling them that the way we've been doing things in the past is going to work going forward.
0: Yeah, so, so you're looking at those things as an outsider. As somebody who, you know, as I said, you're a member of the University of Michigan Board of Regents. But yep. other than that, you haven't run for public office before. What, what makes you say, all right, well, I'm the guy to, to get into this yeah. race and change the conversation. Or better still, I'm the guy to get elected to the job and actually get things done to push it back in the other direction. Well, you,
1: know, you can't fight a fire from inside the house. True. And that is what I see or the oppor- options right now. And right now, we just can't. This is an environment when, where, outside ideas, non-establishment ideas, a certain kind of prosperity-based populist approach, I think, which is the way I, uh, the area where I'm most comfortable, the type of policies that I think about, the way I solve problems in in a way that's uncompromising in my values, but is bridge building with people who are willing to work in good faith to solve problems. I think that's a moment right now. P- like the, the, the guy I was talking about, he—they he, don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. That's In true. fact, they probably don't want you to be a Democrat, or they just want their problem solved. They want a better life for their family. They want a better life for their kids. They're fed up with the way things are running in Lansing and in Washington, and they just are, look, I think, that a person coming with fresh perspectives who isn't beholden to that world, those, that, that ecosystem, you know, it's funny, like, Lansing and Mackinac are kind of similar. After a while, you start to get used to the smell of manure here. <laughs> and, and that's happened in Lansing. People stop, they, 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 they forget that it's just, the place stinks, yeah. the ideas aren't working, um, the policies have been, in many respects, a failure. and And so we, I, I believe, and that's why I'm hearing from so many people um, asking me to think about this, and that's why I'm thinking about this. Mm-hmm. But I, the, for me, the question is, is this a moment where, the, the, where we can engage in these issues with responsibly, with civility and dignity, um, and those are enormously in, uh, complicated questions but in my opinion, I don't think this is overstating it. I think that we need to, we we can't go away from this. Good people need to run towards this fire right now, yeah. and and that's why I'm I'm really very seriously thinking about this. So, uh,
0: you know, just listening to you talk there, I mean, there was a guy eight years ago who, pretty much, told me the same things in yeah. the same way and the same tone, and his name was Rick Snyder. Right. Uh, I remember him coming to see us at the Free Press at the editorial board, Yeah. In well, 2009, I think it was, late 2009, saying this. And I remember us scratching our heads thinking, boy, uh, that sounds really good, but don't know how that will play out. Talk about how you would be different from what Mm -hmm. we've seen in the last seven years. He got some things done because he was an outsider and had new ideas. He has been tripped up over and over again, I think, by his inability to understand the difference between the private sector and government.
1: So I think Governor Snyder has, has uh, f- failed in many ways, primarily because he led with a calculator, or he, sure. tried to, he managed with a calculator. You, lead, you can't lead a state with a calculator, you do it with a compass. You talk about what are our values, what do we believe in as a state, how do we meet these challenge, challenges that we face in ways that are aspirational and that speak to people's um, fundamental bedrock hopes and aspirations. You don't do that counting beans and thinking like an accountant. You do that as a person who uh, understands the fundamental bedrock uh, uh, ho- direction that the state needs to go in. So I think that was, in many respects, the, the, the weakness that, that, that did not permit him to point in a direction like a compass, and say that's where we need to go, and I'm gonna, t- and we're gonna get there. I mean, we need to meet some very serious challenges in this state, and we're not gonna do it by uh, looking at a ledger. We have to think that way. We have to balance a budget, of course. I do that every day at, at uh, U of M, University of Michigan, um, but we need to also think about what we want to accomplish as a as a society in this state, and I think in many respects that was or that is the the weakness that, that 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 he fell on, he has led uh, imperfectly in some in many ways, but also, and he get, deserves credit for being a person of I think integrity and civility uh, in an environment that is anything but that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that, given the sort of cynicism that people have, as you point out, about politicians and politics? Uh, that you can capitalize on that cynicism without being cynical. And I guess so, the question yeah, no, I'm that's asking a great there question. is, yeah. uh, Donald Trump is a, is a great example, right? Yeah. He's capitalizing on people's dim view of their prospects and of the leadership's ability to, to to get them anywhere but he's doing it in this really negative way yes, and it yes. seems that that's working really well can it work in the in the reverse right.
1: so so you know uh, John Foster Dulles you say it's imp- the challenge in politics is winning an election that you're worthy of winning yeah. <laughs> and 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 so there's there are two ways to speak to a person who has been displaced and dislocated and fearful you can speak to their the, their the, their fears or you can speak to their aspirations and for me, the, one of the, the most challenging tensions here is how do you speak in a populist way, which is th- that's this moment, that's how, where I'm most comfortable, without becoming a demagogue, without going over that line. And because I believe that there is an essential role for government to play. In, ha- in, in, in fact, government is the primary player that is necessary in this transformational moment. We need to fix our schools. We need to fix our infrastructure. We need to, you know, get people good jobs, and government plays a role in every single one of those, and in improving things. And also, it's created either out of benign neglect or malevolence. That's a time for another. (laughs) There'll be time for that discussion, but we're also. In many respects, pulling the rug out from under some of the institutions that we need—the very institutions that we need to play. So there is this moment where we have, you know, I I want uh, I want to. If I ran a campaign, it would be with civility and dignity and respect and re- responsible, because I, I care deeply about the process, and 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 respect voters, and and and. But at the same time, you do have to speak to a moment that is. Uh, There's anger, there's frustration, there's there's fear, and you need to talk to that uh, and speak to that. And I do that every day in my job at the law firm. We have people who have been injured through no fault of their own. And we tell people we are not out for blood. (laughs) Uh, We are out to get you justice and to help put your life back together again. And we say in our and we say this in our office, you know, hard on the law, easy on the lawyer, right? and, and the, op- the opposing lawyer. Right. Beca- mm-hmm. And that, that's the, the, the type of campaign I'd like to run. Yeah. Whether that is resonant right now is an open question. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, time frame. When do you have to decide? Yeah, I think well, some people think you are have to sign real quick. Yeah, like right. No, well, I'm taking every step I need to take
1: <laughs> to make this a reality. Um, but I think I have a little more time than people tell me and a little less than I'd want. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, I think that this is the type of thing that I need to move relatively quickly on. Um, but, and I'm not talking about n- winter right. or late fall, but this is something that I'm doing everything I need right now to make this, to put, the, put things in line if I wanted to do this to make it possible.
0: So, so doing that, uh, do you have, you know, some flexibility? Could you, could you wait? Could you wait and see how the democratic field shapes up, jump in late. In a
1: perfect world, yes. <laughs> but I don't know if that's the case. Right? And so you ha- right now, you know, I don't want to get into horse race conversations ex- exactly, but th- th- there are two candidates who have declared. They're running. They're candidates. They're po- political combatants, if you will, right now. Sure. And they had to do that because they had to raise money and they had to raise their name ID. So You're talking about? I'm talking about Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen I'm talking Whitmer. about Abdul Al Said. Uh, both right. good people, both who have a lot to say and add to the process, uh, in my instance, um, I have, I enjoy the, the, the blessing or the curse of having, you know, relatively high name ID, very high name ID, ability to fund this and have resources at the early stages. So, so I, and, and by the way, I don't think right now a lot of families really are paying attention to this campaign this is, uh, we're entering the summer, there's a circus in, in Washington, Lansing is, is tripping over themselves. So I don't think people are really paying much attention. And so I, it's, uh, so I don't know tactically if, Getting in now is a, is is beneficial, but it, it may be necessary. You know, Democrats have a, a habit of when they when they when there's a crisis, when they form a firing line, they make a circle, <laughs> and that some that may be happening right now in this yeah. regard. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be very thoughtful about it.
0: Yeah, uh, this is Detroit Today, on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Mark Bernstein, President and Managing Partner of the Sam Bernstein Law Firm, also member of the University of Michigan Board of Regents. We are talking at the Mackinac Policy Conference. About the possibility that he might run for governor, the idea that he might get into that race. Uh, Mark, I, quickly before I let you go, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about, um, about the University of Michigan, sort of the, the, the challenges that it faces right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, you would be stepping away from, from that role. I feel like the university is in a really interesting spot, yeah. a dis- different place than it was when we were students there. Yeah. Thirty years ago, you've really tried to focus on diversity and yeah. the importance of diversity, but the U's in a hard spot there. I mean, really tough not spot. Of, not a lot of maneuvering room there.
1: No, the, uh, the law in Michigan is not favorable. Prop two is passed, and that you know we obviously comply with that, uh, and we struggle mightily with getting a uh, a student body that represents the state. Yeah. And we and, and oftentimes that ta- that concept is thought about uh, in my opinion in the wrong way you know we know it's oftentimes thought about as well it's just gonna benefit you know to put it bluntly it's just gonna benefit the black students right. and the reality is that we know that our all of our students want to be in a diverse environment we know that recruiters want that employers want that student athletes want that Faculty want that, researchers want that. And if they can't find it at Michigan, they're gonna go elsewhere. We've had record numbers of applications this year for the university. May- I like to think it's about the academic excellence. It might be about our, <laughs> our co- coach Harbo. But, but the reality is that we, are, we need to do a better job there. And so we are focusing now very uh, intensely on socioeconomic diversity which gets to racial diversity but it's an imperfect very way to get to uh, it very, very different, different right? and so um but we we're we're deeply committed to it um, Bart, President Schlissel, who's here at the conference, is, sure. is, is, is engaged in this all the time. Um, and it's an you know, he says, and I fully believe this, that, you know, diversity and the excellence of the institution are inextricably linked. You cannot be excellent or, and great as an educational institution. You can't be fulfilling our important, essential public mission if we are not diverse. Right. Um, and that applies to not just racial diversity, but uh, gender, political views. Um, geographic, socioeconomic, in many respects, the socioeconomic—the absence of socioeconomic diversity on our campus—is uh, It confounds it, it all, is those all those other things. Compounds all those issues, exactly.
0: Well, and, and what do you do about that? Like, uh, you know, sixty thousand applications, a lot of them from kids out of state. Yeah. the number of out-of-state kids is growing on yep. campus getting closer and closer to the majority which i think is
1: well it will never be its the majority his
0: own, own tension right uh, but the kids who can afford to come to the university of michigan from out of state pay fifty thousand dollars a year for tuition 55, 55 $50 right it's a lot that's a lot. those are wealthy kids they right? are so
1: yeah what we're what's developing on our campus and you can you can see it when you're on i live in ann arbor you can see it when you just spend time on campus is this change in culture um, when I was, when we were on, on you lived in a dorm. Then you, you moved to uh, maybe you moved to a fraternity house or a sorority house, but you or you moved to some kind of dumpy student house <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And now, it's there are these high-rise buildings all over the place. You know, the rich kids from both Michigan and out of state kind of. Do their time in the dorm, so to speak, yeah. and then they move into these high-rise buildings with, you know, their own gym, their own hangout <laughs> space, Dorming. their own everything, <laughs> and and it and 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 there's less circulation among yeah. students, right. uh, which is the the whole purpose, in many ways, of a residential college experience. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the, that's the difference between going to the University of Michigan and doing a class online, right? right? right. And so. If we're not managing and cultivating and enabling that kind of circulation and exchange of ideas um, physically among our students on our physically on our campus, and we're not really we're not doing our work, mm-hmm. so we think a lot about how do we get socioeconomic diversity on our mm-hmm. campus, which is an enormous challenge, um, and we do it in, a, in 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 a lot of ways, but the most important way is to is is in the. Number one is recruiting, making sure students know that they can, in fact, come to Michigan. What people don't fully appreciate, and we don't do a very good job talking about this, because uh, in many respects it's a retail message that we don't that that, that academics or high in higher the higher education community is oftentimes uncomfortable with. But we don't talk about the fact that you know seventy percent of our students are on financial aid. Right, seventy percent. That Get the net tuition, sort of, uh, yeah, that the net tuition at the University of Michigan mm-hmm. for in-state students. Has, for in-state students making from families making one hundred twenty thousand dollars or less, has actually gone down in the last ten years. Yeah. That it's cheaper to go to Michigan if you're from a family that makes one hundred ten thousand dollars to go to Michigan than it is to go to Michigan State. Right. Both great schools, but people have this impression that Michigan is just, and it, it is expensive. But we do an enormous amount of money. A lot, we spend a lot of money to make sure that we're supporting the students from middle-class families who need to get, who need this education to transform their lives and their families' that lives. The opportunity
0: role that the university plays is enormous. really important and it's, it's, enormous. it's been eclipsed. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: we're raising a billion dollars right now in our campaign, our fundraising campaign for yeah. financial aid. That's the most that's ever been raised by any institution, public or private, for that purpose. And so, it's a, well, we're doing in many respects on our campus what the state should be doing, right, right, uh, or, trying, right? or trying, or trying to do, exactly. And yeah. we get the same. What you know, one thing that's glaring, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but the University of Michigan gets the same amount of state appropriation today than we got in 1967. That's right, right. which is remarkable. M- removed itself right. from. So the higher ed budget's gone up maybe 15, 20 percent. Right. The budget for prisons has gone up two hundred twenty right. percent. Right, that's that is a, a that's bad priority out of whack. Right. For another right. day, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But that's all
0: right. <laughs> Mark Bernstein, managing partner and president of the Sam Bernstein Law Firm, maybe gubernatorial candidate in 2018. Thanks for being here on Detroit today. It's
1: great to be with you, yeah, Steve. Thank we'll you. We'll talk
0: soon. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a public service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.